This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 14th, 2021. Living your best life, embracing the struggle. Struggle. Something we all share, isn't it? Struggle. What we're going to be talking about this morning as we continue our series, Living Your Best Life Today, Embracing the Struggle. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Mm -hmm. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is great to see you this morning. And those of you online who are joining us, we're honored and we're blessed. And some of us are here after being gone for, you know, two years. This pandemic has been quite a struggle and it's not over. But we do know one thing. We know that God is on the throne and that our foundation is firm and that we need to never uh, cave in, give up on our mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. So let's go ahead and open up with prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's no accident that any one of us are here today on site or online. You had that in your mind's eye a long time ago. And you are the great orchestrator. And so settle us in wherever we are. Open our hearts. Help us receive your message found in Scripture. We thank you, Lord, for today. And we give it to you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. 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 Life is difficult. That's the first sentence of the book, The Road Less Traveled by Psychiatrist Dr. Morgan Scott Peck. We've shared that before, but it's worth repeating. Life is difficult. Say it with me. Life is difficult. Yeah. The universal truth. No matter what your age, your background, your social status, your nationality, your religion, your culture, your size, shape, your color, across the board, life Life is difficult. It's a struggle. And each and every one of us is engaged in the struggle somewhere, somehow. And and that's not new. Humankind has struggled from the very beginning of time. Think about Adam and Eve. They struggled with obedience. How about Cain? He struggled with envy. Noah, he struggled with the evil around him. And after the flood and the earth repopulated, the people struggled with pride. Remember Babel? And after that, the Hebrew people struggled with this back-breaking labor of slavery that they were under for 400 years under Pharaoh in Egypt. And God heard their cry. And he brought Moses to the rescue only to release them into the desert for 40 years of wandering. What a struggle. But then there were times of respite when the Lord brought them to Elam. That's an oasis where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And they could just breathe, breathe. But then Elam was a momentary stop. And they quickly returned to their struggles of the desert 
on the road to the promised land. Life is hard and struggle is a part of our shared humanity. Some of us struggle more than others, but not a one of us is struggle free. So the question then today is, so why does God allow struggle? I got some insight into this the other day when I was reading from an online devotional entitled Today God is First Daily Workplace Inspiration by a guy named Oz Hillman. It's geared for men and women out there in the everyday working world. September 13th entry was called Embrace the Struggle, and it focused on what he called the butterfly principle. Hillman pointed out that the caterpillar that lies inside a cocoon will never become a beautiful butterfly if someone cuts the cocoon prematurely to help them out. It's the struggle to get out of the cocoon that is absolutely crucial in order for the butterfly to emerge as a strong new creature in nature. Hillman goes on to share this. God understands how necessary this process is. That is why we are allowed to experience difficult, often life-changing events. He even orchestrates them. Now, that's hard to think about, isn't it? For our benefit. What the Israelites thought was a cruel joke when Pharaoh sent troops to pursue them after they had been freed and penned against the shore of the Red Sea became the stage for the most publicized miracle of all time, the parting of the Red Sea. Generation after generation has heard this incredible story of deliverance. Hillman continues by saying, God puts us against the Red Seas in our lives in order to show his power in and through us. If we do not know God can deliver, then we can never learn to trust him. Circumstances that go beyond our capabilities of solving them place us at God's complete mercy. This is how he likes it. And so throughout the scriptures, throughout the history of God and God's people, there have been struggles. I think of Genesis 32, where Jacob wrestled all night with God. (laughs) And where God wrenched Jacob's hip and blessed Jacob with a new name, the name Israel, which means I have struggled with God and humans and have overcome. You know, after that hip, <laughs> Jacob never, never walked quite the same again, both literally and figuratively after wrestling with God all night. He, lived, he came face to face with God and lived. Wow. <laughs> Every one of the Old Testament prophets struggled as they were messengers of God's word. And as we know, those prophets were not really well liked, especially when the message was not what the people wanted to hear, which was usually the case, because God used these prophets to share truth that was very difficult to hear. And even though these prophets were doing God's work, even though they were representing God, even though they were serving as God's mouthpiece, they still had their struggles. Life was still a challenge. Again, their only hope was to fully rely on God. 
In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul had more than his share of struggles. Check out what he shares with the church at Corinth as he shares his struggles and, 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 and shares them as his credentials to counteract the claims in that church of some of the false teachers, the claims they were making against him. He said he felt foolish, kind of boasting in the way he does here, but the list of struggles was necessary to silence those there who were questioning his authority. Here, here's, what, here's, what he, here's what he writes, 2 Corinthians. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speak of, speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. <laughs> I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Now, this is a guy, I mean, he's, he's given his life to, to Christ, and look what he gets. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. In other words, 40 was the illegal thing. They give him 39 lashings of the whip. He had it five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Makes you really want to sign up for that job, doesn't it? Hello. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches, like the one he's writing to. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. Whew. Man. Wow. Talk <laughs> about struggles. And yet Paul celebrates those struggles in the name of the Lord. He, he knows that the Lord is working in spite <clears throat> of him. In his weakness, the Lord is strong. And it's through those struggles that he lives out his life in Christ and God uses those struggles as a witness to people uh, back then and to us today as a witness that Christ is the Savior, the Redeemer of all. Mm. You know, we get it. We, we've been there, not to the extent of Paul or others, or maybe not even to the extent of some of you, but we get it. We've had our struggles in the name of Jesus, as we've shared before, Carrie was in seminary serving a church, and, 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 and um, you know, everything was going along pretty smooth, and, and then God calls me into ministry, and the smart thing, the prudent thing, the logical thing would have been to wait until Carrie was done school. In fact, Carrie said, why don't we wait till I'm done school? And I said, I don't think that's what God wants us to do. She really liked that answer. So, so um, I started while she still had several years of seminary to go. And um, we still sometimes wonder how we survived financially because my pay when we started, that was about a fourth of what it had been a couple years before at Prudential. Uh, Carrie, 
Then, so I was serving on a staff of a large church. I was serving three smaller churches around town. And I remember a couple times at night at seminary, I'm just, I, I was like at the end of my road. I said to God, I can't take this anymore. Um, it was just too hard. It was a challenge. Well, it wasn't just financial. It was, we were going through some pretty significant relational issues as well. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, God is so good. Um, yeah. He would give me a good night's sleep, and I'd come out swinging in the morning, ready to go charging at it again. Uh, you know, it was heartbreaking at Christmas when we didn't have really have money for kids' gifts. A couple of days later, Carrie finds $500, $100 bills in her mailbox at church. We still don't know who put them. We, we kind of guessed, but we still weren't sure who, who gave, her, gave us that, that money so the kids could have Christmas. You know, things were tight. They were definitely tight. Uh, you know, there wasn't anything extravagant or even uh, cushy during that time. But, you know, we survived. And actually, we thrived in many ways. God's faithfulness carried us. And, and he used our struggles so we could lean on him even more and taught us many things that carried us through even today. All four of our kids have a strong a strong faith today, all four of them. And we think a big part of that, a big reason for that was how they got to see God in action during that time when we were both in school and serving those churches, when we were really stretched thin and we had to so rely on God. They got to see God in action and how our only choice, our only choice was to lean on God and how God delivered over and over and over again. It was a long time ago, but I remember um, Stephen Curtis Chapman was all the, all the thing back then, and he had this song, Great Adventure. I don't know if any of you remember it, but Aaron, don't you, rem you remember we'd turn it on, and we'd all be like, this is the great adventure, and we'd all like be dancing, like trying to tell us, yes, this is the great adventure, right, Lord? This is the great, it was really an interesting time. So we are reminded of, of um, what the Apostle Paul shares in the book of Romans. He writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And we've shared many times the struggles we've had here at Connection Church. You think... Every day, Lord, we're doing your work. Why has this thing got to be so hard? But some days it does, eh, Murray? I see you laughing. Like back in 2007, 8, when we bought this land, man, we were ready to roll finally. You know, we'd been renting space for, what, seven years, and it was time. And, uh, and I remember we were in Florida at some uh, uh, church Multiplication thing. Yeah. thing. And, and see, well, and up here, we were up here, the, the, the real estate agent, he made no bones. He says, uh, the asking price is like $40,000 an acre. He says, it's not, I'm not budging on that. It's not negotiable. That's what it is. Well, we felt this was the land we were called to, so we said, okay, okay. So we offered full price. We drew up a contract, but there was just one problem. We had to get money from the bank, and the bank appraised the land, and it didn't appraise for 40 bucks or 40000 an acre. It appraised for 32 or 34 something like that. But he had told us he wasn't going to negotiate. So we had to go back and say, John, sorry, this isn't going to work. 
He said, well, what are the praise at? We told him. He said, okay. I guess he did negotiate. He was willing to negotiate. Thanks to the Lord, you know? You know, uh, uh, struggle equals miracle, doesn't it? Struggle equals miracle. And then <laughs> we plan to build and in the near future, and then the entire country was hit with the financial crisis, and our plans were put on hold for 10 Only 10 years. years. 10 years. And then finally, the time was right to consider building, and there was great generosity on your part, and the plans were drawn up, and everything was moving, and then those plans came in at $2 million more than we could afford. Struggle. Just $2 million. Struggle. We tell the story over and over because we need to remember God's faithfulness. Many of you live through that. Many of you have heard it. But it's important because those are markers. I know in my own life, I have these markers, these little almost altars, where I know that I know that I know that God has shown up. And when I hit a wall or a time where it's hard for me to even breathe, I think about that little altar or that marker. And I know about God's faithfulness. And so that is what is so life-sustaining and keeps many of us going. You know, to continue that story, uh, one of the builders that put on in the bid, he had to bid the project, but then, you know, that didn't go well for us, and he called us in. It was during the Christmas season, and just one-on-one, -on -one, Danny Burris, we love the guy. Phillips His office Home was builders. next door to our church on yeah, Green Street. Yeah, he right. was, and... He said, I want to build your church. And we're like, why? He goes, because I can. And we know that God had God's hand on him. And he redesigned it. It's smaller. It's less, you know, there were a lot of things planned in the original plan that was, were pretty cool. Cut back. But we got what God wanted us to have. And this is every day I pull into this place. I just think I see God because it's only because of God. God brings miracle out of struggle. Mm. And there were other struggles. Uh, most significant, Department of Transportation. We had to widen the road out there so we'd have a turning lane, which makes sense. It makes it safe. But widen it, they didn't like it uh, covering up a high-powered uh, gas line out there, which is really interesting because we couldn't tap into it. But they wanted us to move it at a cost of a million dollars. We'll move, but we can't tap in to get cheap gas here. And that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. A million dollars. We didn't have a million dollars. In fact, that was just about the deal breaker. Really. Well, I mean, that pushed us on our knees. We, we looked at other land. We said, we, we may have to see if somebody will buy this. And, and who's going to buy this now? They're going to have to move a gas line at a million dollars. And... Like I say, we, it, it pushed us to the limit. And we got a, 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 an email from the Department of Transportation. We don't usually do this, they said. Mm-hmm. We don't usually do this. But for some reason, we're going to 
not make you guys move this gas line at a million dollars. Well, we know why, don't we? Hello? They didn't know why, but we knew why, you know? <laughs> Once again, we found ourselves absolutely fully relying on God and God bringing a miracle out of the struggle. And every time this happens, we get stronger and more courageous thanks to the struggle and the reliance on God. If this is your first, first time here or hundredth time here, we want you to know that this place was God's idea, not ours. And that God is very serious about the mission that he's put on us to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And so it is a privilege and an honor to do that together as the family of Christ. Struggle. Life is difficult. We read in Scripture in Matthew chapter 26 about Jesus' struggle, the ultimate struggle. On his last night, just before Jesus was arrested and he was beaten and he was crucified, here's what happened. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Not my will, but your will, Lord. That's a good thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. Next day, while hanging on the cross, just before taking his last breath, we hear him struggle again. Matthew 27, 45, 46, New International Version. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. We see the humanity of Jesus as he struggles, as he knows what's ahead and preparing for and hanging on the cross. And once again, God uses that struggle for our benefit to pay the price for our sin through the death of Jesus Christ to show that death can be overcome, that Jesus did resurrect from the grave, that there is new life, that there is forgiveness, that there are new mercies every single day. God miraculously shares his glory in the midst of the struggles. I'm always amused at the paradoxes of life, you know, the oxymorons, like, like when we talk about blessings. You know, we say someone's living a blessed life. Don't we usually mean, you know, things are going their way. You know, they got a job that they love and it's paying them a pretty good wage. 
relationship with their spouse and kids is, at least from what we can see, relatively free from hazards. They're, they're living what we would call their best life, right? Eh, usually what we mean when we say they're blessed. And yet, my experience, especially after being in ministry for a while, my experience more often than not is when you ask someone when they were most blessed, the response oftentimes doesn't refer to when everything is apparently smooth and easy, but it's, they refer back to often their greatest struggle. Isn't that interesting? Where it was faith in God and God alone that got them through. That's when they saw their greatest blessing. They were living their best life, we're talking about this month, not when things were relatively calm and easy, but when the struggles forced them to their knees. Literally. Praying fervently for God's help, knowing it was His strength and His strength alone, not theirs, that was going to see them through this most difficult time. Yeah. The Apostle Paul shares this in his letter to the Christians in Rome just prior to his visit with them. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So our question of this morning is, what is it that you're struggling with? Some struggles are more challenging than others. We know that. But, but every struggle is tough. Every struggle reminds us that life is difficult. And yet, struggles are an important part of life. Important part. Remember the butterfly. What happens if the butterfly doesn't struggle, doesn't survive? It's through the struggles that God allows us to realize our best life. As we're forced to rely on God, realizing in the most challenging of situations that He is our hope, our only real hope, our strength, our salvation. The question, are you, are you able to embrace your struggles, turning to God to get you through, living your best life, relying on Him? Are you able to see the face of Jesus in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the pain? knowing that it's God and God alone who will see you through and that God will use your struggle. Use your struggle for His glory and for the benefit of you and for others around you. This um, message really hit me hard when we were writing it and um, preparing today because it actually brought back some of the struggles that have been 
pretty painful in my life, you know. Oh, Carrie, you don't have them. Yes, we all have them. And there have been um, relational struggles. There have been financial struggles, although God has always been really faithful. Um, I've not had health struggles, but people that I love to watch with health struggles and, and loss and um, betrayal, not Alan, but betrayal. And I suspect that this might be hitting some of you hard too. But just a reminder that God is so faithful and God's never going to say, you know what, you just deal with that yourself. I'm out of here because that's not the character of who God is. And as I look around, I, I see some of the struggles and know of some of them. And we just really want to encourage you that you're being held by the righteous right hand of God, even if you don't feel it. And faith is believing in those things that we can't see. You know, on those days, I remember Daniel you know, God, you know, is thrown in the lion's den. Okay, I'm going to stand for God. He, I will worship the one true God, and God will save me. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship the one true God. And so that can be our story too. There's a song that we'd like to end today with. It's called Blessings. You might have heard the song. It's um, been around for a while. It's written by um, a songwriter, singer named Laura Story. And Laura wrote this when her husband was diagnosed with, with a brain tumor and they had young kids. And where could she go but, but to God through this and what that might look like in their life and so her words came to our minds and we wanted to end the service with this. It's a little bit different service ending today. But use this time to reflect on those places where God has met you in the struggle and know that he will meet you again in the next struggle. One of the, the chorus of the song is, because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? So use this as a prayer time, and you can be on the steps, you can just pray from your seats, or just listen as we worship our one true God.
Comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while you hear each spoken need, yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Of 
this life the rain the storms the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise all right so i'm just gonna go with this um, Stephanie and Gary, can you be here in the front? I, I sense that we need some prayer time, that we all have this stuff and this struggle. And so we're here to support and care for one another. So I'm going to set up some prayer stations. Nobody knows this is happening but me right now because it's what God has said. So, Stephanie and Gary, Jackie, you are a prayer warrior. Can you come pray for people here? Would you mind? Jackie Kane, yep, you. I've heard about you and about your heart for prayer. Lynn Beattie, you're in the back. You can stay if you want to meet Lynn back there. Jackie, you're up here. Murray and Candy, can you come up and pray over here? And listen, don't be shy because we all need this. If you're struggling with anything, if there's somebody in your family, if, if it's you, if it's just a situation, take this time. And we're going to keep the lights down, and you can leave when you're ready. But you can also come up and receive prayer. I do want to end with the Word of God. Genesis 18, 14, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord, the God of all humankind. Is anything too difficult for me? Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And to close, a word of encouragement. Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Michelle, will you come up with Jackie? The prayer stations are open. Take some time. Pray from your seats. And then go with God. And go in peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website, at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.